Does your back hurt from carrying your shop every day? I'm sure it does. You work hard every day, right? Somebody has to. If you're like me and have had foot pain or back pain from standing around waiting on work or waiting on advisors, and you never tried custom shoe insoles, you need to check out xstanceinsoles.com. Welcome back to the Flat Rate Tech Podcast. Let's talk about five things I wish I knew before becoming a mechanic. So number one, I wish I never bought a big ass toolbox. I talk about this on here a lot, and I recommend to new techs not to buy one. It's a fucking waste of money. When you first start out as a tech, those tool truck guys can't wait to fucking find you, dude. They live for new techs. That's their gravy, you know? Tool truck guys hunt new techs down. And once they find them, once they find out that there's a new tech at the shop, they're hunting them down, dude. Once they get to them, they walk them on the tool truck. They got that big shiny toolbox sitting there and they say, for only 75 bucks a week, this could be yours. Don't fall for it, dude. Not to mention the fact that the tool truck guy probably won't be there for more than six months. They usually quit, but that's another story. They make it tempting. If you buy this $15,000 toolbox, we'll give you this $500 AR-15. Or this t-shirt. Or this hat or cooler that costs 25 bucks. What a joke, dude. You know? But hey, shit, I fell for it. And I didn't even get a fucking hat. I bought a fucking toolbox. I didn't even get a hat or a t-shirt. I got nothing. All you need is tools and a tool cart. When you're new. Once those are paid off and you're making good money and you want to waste it on a $15,000 toolbox for some reason and go into debt for many years, and when the tool guy quits and you miss a couple payments because there's no tool truck around to collect and they hit your credit, go ahead, dude. That's what you want to do. Go ahead. I still don't recommend it. So I had one Mac toolbox. It was my first one back in 2001, which is funny. Because that was the last Mac tool truck I've ever fucking seen. 2001. I traded it in and got a Matco box. And then I traded those in and got seven more Matco boxes. Because we had toolbox wars in the shop. I even had that badass Ratfink one too from Matco. The hutches, the side cabinets, all that shit. Waste of fucking money. In fact, most of the tools you buy off the truck. Well, all of them are a fucking ripoff. They are, dude, and you know it. There goes the potential sponsors. (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, well, dude. I want small businesses that sell high-quality tools and shit that we use to grow. You know what I mean? I want to support them, not some big-ass corporate company that sells the same thing, but with their name on it, and then they charge almost two times the price. The impact guns that the tool trucks sell... They're not made by the tool truck or the company. Just has their fucking name on it. And that's what you pay for. Go online and order the same shit for a lot less without their name on it. 
I mean, ratchets and sockets, I can understand. Some major brands make some really good ones, but there are also some tool companies out there that you can buy from online that have the same quality tools as a tool truck. Shop around. Don't get sucked into the tool truck and go straight in the fucking debt. Bottom line, don't get a big-ass toolbox until you actually need it. Nobody cares how big your toolbox is. It doesn't make you a better fucking tech. It just makes it harder for you when you quit or you get fired to move it and store it. That's it. Number two, speaking of tools, when I was buying tools like sockets and wrenches and mainly sockets, I would just buy the ones that I needed. I wish I would have bought the entire set. I only needed, what, 8, 10, 12, 14, 17, 19, so that's what I would buy. I never thought I would leave that brand, Honda, but when I did, I needed to buy more sockets, more tools, to work on a completely different brand. So back to the truck or back to online, I went. And I still do. The sets that I did buy, I'd just give the ones that I didn't use to my dad. Because what the hell did I need them for, right? That's how what I thought. So I recommend buy the whole sets. Keep them. You never know where you're going to end up working or what you're going to end up working on. Especially now. Every dealership, they work on all makes and models now, right? You may think that where you're at right now is good, but shit can change real quick. There's a lot of money to be made in this industry. It might not be at the shop you're at right now. There's a lot of problems in a lot of shops that need fixed, and when those shops know about the problems and just put band-aids on them, never fix anything, then what? Time to move on, right? Or when you find out techs are getting paid 10 more dollars an hour than you at a different shop, different brand, you may want to make a change, right? Go make them bags. So buy all the fucking tools. You never know when you may need them. Especially if you work on used cars. Dealers don't want to send them out, you know, to other dealerships. If you have the tools and you can work on them, make the money. Don't be afraid to work on other brands, especially used cars. Think of it as free training in case you end up switching brands later on. Or even going to an independent shop and working on everything. Like I said, every dealership now says they work on all makes and models. And if you're willing to learn and work on other shit nobody else wants to, you got a chance at making more money. I always tried to avoid working on anything other than a Honda when I was a Honda tech. But now that I think about it, I just left, I just left money on the table, along with experience. I could have made a lot more hours and learned about other brands and gotten paid for it. But I decided to hide from them instead. You know, hide in the bathroom. And let somebody else do it. Let them make the money. But then again, some cars you just don't want to fucking touch. Number three, training. Me personally, I don't like going to school at all. I can't stand sitting in a classroom listening to some failed tech talk like he knows everything. I'm just kidding. Or am I? But I highly recommend going to training and getting all your AFC certifications, especially if your dealership pays for it. Take advantage of it. Like I said for number two, you never know where you're going to end up. So the more training you have, the better it looks on you. Plus the more you're going to learn and the better you'll be at your job. No matter what comes through the shop. Even if you're a Toyota Master Tech right now and have a few ASE certifications and you end up going to, say, Chevy, you're already ahead of the game. 
You have all that experience, all your certification. You're ahead of the game already, and you're showing that you're willing to go train and learn and get certified because you're already a Toyota master. If you do switch to another shop, if you go from, say, Toyota to Chevy or vice versa or any brand to any brand, you'll see that the techs there suck, most of them, because they never got trained. They just got thrown in there, and they have no experience anywhere else. You're going to realize that there's a lot of techs out there that really suck at their job. So when you do go to a new shop, your chance to make the big bucks is even greater with all your training. And a lot of your training should carry over to the brand you end up going to. It did for mine. But you're still going to have to go to school because shit's different brand to brand, of course. You know what I mean? Fords have fucking modules for modules. I mean, how many fucking modules can you fit in one car? Cars used to be simple back in the day. Like, back in the day, I mean like 2005. Banging out timing belts, doing them with your fucking eyes closed and shit. I haven't been to a training class in years, but that's my choice. That's my stupid choice. But those are the choices that I make. But I remember it being how school is now, like elementary school or middle school. You can't just tell them what's wrong with the car. You have to explain exactly how you figured it out, step by step. I remember back in the day, Tex, not me, would go to training and another would go the next week. And the tech that went before them would tell them all the answers. They would have cars bug there and keep them like that for months at a time. I remember one time that I went there, I went with a buddy of mine from another dealership. The teacher that was there was an asshole to him all the time. The whole week. And the last day, he rebugged one of the cars, allegedly. He turned off all the injectors and took a fucking pin and shoved it through the harness, through like eight fucking wires, shorting them all together. This was years ago at like a Ferrari training center, okay? That's from what I remember. But they couldn't figure it out. The other teacher ended up coming back from vacation, and he had students training on that car, and they were giving him all kinds of weird answers and shit, because the car's been rebugged. So the teacher's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. So he went and looked at the car and couldn't figure it out. So he ended up looking into the training logs and found out that we were there, or that my buddy was there. And he was the last one to work on that car. So they called my buddy, because he knew he was an asshole like that, and asked him what was going on with that car. So he told him what he did to it, and that he did it because the other teacher that was there was a fucking asshole. So he ended up laughing and said he never would have found the pin and the harness and all this shit. He hit it really good. Not that I watched or anything, but it's just what I heard. I don't even know why I'm telling you this. Number four is listen. There's a lot of new techs out there, and even experienced ones, that don't know how to fucking listen. But when an experienced technician comes to help you out as a new tech, you need to listen. They're taking their time out of their day, their hours... They're sacrificing to help you. You need to listen and fucking write it down if you have to. They're giving you experienced knowledge. They've already done everything that you're about to do. So they're going to help you through it. They've done it multiple times and found out the best, fastest, easiest way to do it. So you should listen. Most techs, they won't come help you. They'll, they won't go out of their way to help a new tech out. Which, 
In some ways, you can't blame them, right? If they don't get paid to help, you can't expect them to. But if they do help you, listen to them. And help them out later when you can. You may not be able to diagnose their car for them, but you can help them rotate tires, right? Or change oil or get their parts, something. Show them that you appreciate them helping you and help them back. Build a team with them. Help each other out. This will go far. This is a good this is good for you and them. And if right now, if you're an experienced tech with new guys all around you, start with one of them. The one that you believe is going to make it. Help them out. Help train them. Don't go asking the boss for money right away. Just do it. But let that tech know if you help him, he helps you, right? And then once you get them in shape after about a month or two, move to another one. Start training him. Then go into office and ask for more bags. Prove what you can do first. Like I said, start with the one with that's the most motivated first. But I wish I would have listened to all the texts that were trying to help me. I listened to most of them, but all the knowledge that now I realize that they had, because they've been doing it, for 20 years. Everybody in your shop represents you. If one tech screws up, the whole shop looks like shit, right? The Google review is a is a bad advertisement for the shop and the management and the techs. It starts at the manager cuz they're the leader, right? But everyone gets blamed in the meetings. I learned more from listening to the other techs than any other training class I went to. When it was slow and I was a lube tech, I was going to help every other tech. I wouldn't just help one, I'd help them all. I'd learn everything I could from every single tech. Yeah, I'd be in the way sometimes, but after they bitched at me and called me every name you could fucking imagine, names I can't even say on here, but you've heard them all, they would understand that I wanted to learn. I was called all the names, dude. No feelings left. Used to be brutal. Used to be fun. I miss those fucking days. Listen and learn. Shut your face. Open your ears. That's what I wish I would have done more. There's a lot of shit that I could have still learned from everybody, but once I started catching on, I was just like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. So don't be a dumbass like I was and act like you know what you're doing or that you could do it better. You have no fucking idea. So I recommend new techs just listen. And also, don't go ask one tech how you should do something and then they tell you how to do it and then go ask four more other techs the same question. That's just stupid. I know you guys have had these people in your shops. Number five. Health. Everything fucking hurts, dude. I pulled my back several times just reaching to turn the fucking shower on. Getting out of a seat. Lifting a cylinder head off of a block. Crawling under a dashboard. Rotating tires. Everything. I used to laugh at other techs, the older guys, for wearing back braces. Now I wish I would have listened number four. But I just made fun of them. Even as little as when I was a lube tech doing 30 oil changes a day or whatever. And you know how you put the wrench on the drain bolt and you hit it with your hand to break it loose? I was told not to hit it, but I didn't listen. Doing it 30 times a day for a year, I'm surprised my hand isn't fucking broke. It hurts. Wish I would have listened. You got to take care of yourself in this business if you want to last. If you want to make big bags pay off your bills and your and your tool bills that you have, your cars, your house, and retire in the mountains. You got to take care of yourself, dude. 
get you some extance insoles for your shoes. I'm telling you, they really help. Seriously. Also, go to my website, check out the merch page. Pick something up. Follow the Facebook page. Rate and review the podcast. That helps me out. Everybody that did, thank you again. If you got any questions, comments, topics, suggestions, whatever, email me at flatratetechpodcast at gmail.com. Spread the word. Tell the hack you work next to to listen to the podcast. Tell Captain Comeback in your shop to buy a shirt on the merch site and wear it. If you got anything that you wish you knew before you became a mechanic, let me know. I'll share it on here. I still haven't gotten any managers emailing me about the last episode. I don't know what's going on. They not want to fix anything? Trying to help. I had a few technicians email me and tell me the pay rates in their area. If you did, thank you. I appreciate it. It helps me out. It helps other techs out to ask. And to everybody that reached out to be guests on the podcast, I'll be hitting you up soon. I've been working on trying to get some uh, new recording equipment, but there's so many different ones you can get. And I just want to, I'm trying to find the right one to get, the right mixer. But I might just say fuck it and just use what I got. So that's just a heads up. Keep an eye out in your email. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch y'all next time. (laughs)